Hey, this is Pastor John Ryan Cantu from Numa Church in Houston, Texas. Thank you for listening to the message today. I hope that it blesses you and all those that you share it with. God bless you. years, uh, Lena, she's been holding it down, man. Uh, she and her team, and we're so grateful for her. But she has been, she has expressed earlier this year that, um, you know, she may be stepping out and she may be in that season. And so we've kind of been actively looking uh, for our next children's pastors. And um, God had put in my heart uh, a, a couple that I didn't want to ask at first. And I kind of, you know, I kind of let it, let it sit in my in my spirit without even sharing it with anybody. And then I shared it with Melissa. And then um, I was like, well, why don't we just ask? And so we asked and the Lord heard. And Stephen Jr. have been working with our marriage ministry for the past eight years, eight years. And they have been doing an awesome job, a phenomenal job. They have, I mean, we've heard testimonies because of this ministry. And so one of my hesitations was, okay, if we ask Stephen Jr., like, that means we're taking him away from, from the marriage ministry. And I, I thank God for their ministry as well because, you know, one thing I always tell our leaders is, hey, make sure that you have the next. Because when God moves you into a new season, the ministry cannot suffer. And so we believe that the marriage ministry is going to be left in good hands and the children's ministry is also going to be left in good hands because um, in January they will officially take over as our children's pastors. And so I wanted to formally make that announcement. I know they're, they're excited and they're ready and they had a, a teacher's meeting this past Sunday and, and everybody's excited. So be praying for that. Be praying for that and that transition. Um, and also, we want to continue to show honor to, to Lena and her team because they have done such a phenomenal job, and we're so grateful for them. Amen. Praise the Lord. New seasons. Amen. It's always good. I want to take you to the Gospel of Luke this morning, chapter 10, and then I'll let you sit down. We're not reading that much today. Luke chapter 10, 38 through 42. When you have it, say, I have it. All right. All right. Some of y'all are fast. Some of y'all know your books of the Bible. <laughs> Some of them are tough, bro. Like sometimes I feel like a like a rookie, bro. Like when they when they say turn to the book of Titus, Titus like two pages long. God. It's all good. Uh, amen. You got it? Luke chapter 10. All right. It says this. It says now as they went on their way. Jesus entered a village and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving. And she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell, uh, tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. But one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion. Somebody say good portion, which will not be taken away from her. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this word. My God, I thank you um, for what you are going to do here this morning through this word. My God, I pray that you would make us receptive, my God, uh, that you would open up our, our, our hearts and our minds, my God, to receive what your spirit has to say. Holy Spirit, I pray that you be on my lips, my God, that this would all be you, my God, and not me. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Amen. You can take your seat. Last week we talked about Mary and Martha, and here we are again talking about Mary and Martha. Um, I would encourage you to listen to last week's sermon if you haven't listened to it already on the Numa Church podcast. It's called I'm Glad It Happened. And um, quick testimony. We had, we had dinner with Harry. Harry, I always do that. Oh, it never fails. Heather and Larry. We're just going to call y'all Harry for short. <laughs> we... <laughs> We had dinner with them, and, and they were telling us about these, these ladies that stopped by a few weeks ago. Um, one of the ladies is, is from Philadelphia. She came down to visit her sister. And she and her husband have been active listeners to, to the Numa Church podcast for the past four years. Um, her husband, from, from my understanding, is a, is a barber, and, and he shares it with, with his clients. I was, I was really encouraged to hear that because, you know, this podcast has always been for the church, for you guys. Like, if you miss a Sunday... You can still catch the message. So I was, I was encouraged by that, that the word of God is, 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 getting, is getting out there. And uh, we weren't here. We were out of town that Sunday, so we didn't get to meet them. Um, but, but shout out to them if they're listening. Thank you all for stopping by. Thank you for this shirt that they, they hooked me up with. It's awesome. Um, but I want to preach this word this morning that I wasn't going to preach. I had a completely different message. I had already asked Joel for the graphic. He had made it. He sent it to me. Um, and then I, uh, God switched up the message on me and I was, I was just battling, man. I was really battling with, with the other message. Like I couldn't really organize my thoughts and I was getting frustrated because I was pressed for time. It was our, our 11th year, uh, anniversary yesterday for me and my wife. Amen. We celebrated with a good steak in a movie. That's how we do. All right. And I'm grateful for the 11 years that, that God has given me with my wife. I pray for many, many more. I pray for patience for her, for put, putting up with me. Patience for me, putting up with her. I'm just kidding. But not really. Uh, but anyway, so it was almost 3 o'clock yesterday, and I hadn't, I hadn't had my sermon done. And um, normally I, I, I try, to, try to get my sermons done by Friday so that I can truly have a Sabbath day. Because that's important. I know it's underrated, but it, it's, it's important. And um, I want to have those days to spend with my family. And I feel like life for me has gotten so busy. Um, anybody else busy? I'm just busy, man. I feel, I, I feel like it never ends. Like there's always something to do. I mean, I have, I have church meetings every week, probably at least, at least three or four of them with different ministries. I might have maybe one night. A week free if, if, if I'm lucky. I recently took on this other um, responsibility that, that's good for, for ministry. It's also good an opportunity for, for our family, but it's taking some time away. At the same time, I've, I've got a business that I've got to make sure it doesn't completely fail. Last year, I decided it'd be a good idea to start a PhD program, and there's a lot more that I can go into on top of that. I want to make sure that I'm always present for my family because apart from God, they're the most important thing in my life. And I don't say all of this to sound important, I don't say all this so you can, you can know that I got things going on. I, I say that because if nothing changes in my life, I'm going to burn. And not like burning hell. I'm going to burn out. I'm going to burn out. Um, and I never thought, can I just be honest? Like I never thought burning out would get to me. Never thought that. I'm, 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 I feel like... I, I do good to, to encourage people like, hey, make sure that you say no when you need to say no. Make sure that you have help. Make sure you're not doing everything. 
But for me, I, 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 I guess I always thought I was immune to it because I like to be busy. I always tell people it's better to be busy than to be doing nothing. And I, I like to work. And, and more than that, I like to do meaningful work. I like to, I like to do work that impacts. 80% of my work is ministry. To me, that impacts. And so I'm like, God, bring it on. I'm ready. I want, I want more. I, I was that, that kid in youth group that would say uh, those, those, those crazy hardcore prayers like, God, use me however you want to use me. Take my life. If you need to take me to Africa, I will go to Africa. If you need to take me to India, I will go to India. Just use me to do your will. Now it's like, God, hold on. Let's take things a little bit slower. Because I don't, I don't have that 16-year-old stamina anymore. There's a, there's a lot more to think about these days. I've got a family. I've got bills. I've got back problems. And, and I realize that slowing down is not a bad thing. Slowing down is not a bad thing. And that's what I renamed my sermon this morning. Slow down. Slow down. And this isn't just for those who are doing ministry work. This is not just for leaders or pastors. This is for anyone who has let the work of life become a distraction from spending time with the Father. I want you to tell the person next to you, you can't do it all. Tell the other person next to you, you shouldn't do it all. Come on. I feel like I'm starting some fights between couples this morning. You can't do it all. You can't do it all. That's why, that's why God gave man a woman and woman the man. Because man can't do it all. A woman can't do it all. We cannot do it all. You know, I love, I love to delegate. That's the type of person I am. I, I feel like that's the type of leader that I try to be. Um, I don't, I don't want to control everything. I don't, I don't like to have my hands in everything. I, I feel like I'm just a natural me. Is I'm, a, I'm a natural coach. I'm a natural teacher. Like, I want to teach you how to do something so that you can do it and I don't have to do it. And I think that's how disciples are made. So, so here at church, you know, we have a lot of leaders who take a lot of ownership in their ministry. And I love that. That's how I want it to be. I, you know, I'll meet with the leaders every now and then. We'll talk about how things are going, what could be better, what you need help with. Make sure, you know, everything is, nothing's burning, right? Nothing's on fire or anything like that. But at the end of the day, they're the ones who are running their ministries. And that's, that's how I, I do leadership. Maybe you're not like that. Maybe you're the one who needs to be in it and you have to do everything. And, and you want to be the doing, you want to be doing and creating and planning. Everyone's different. But what I love about people and what I love about this church um, is that we know how to work. We're an active church. You see how many announcements we just had? You probably forgot all of them already. We had a lot of announcements because we're an active church. We're a church that's doing something. We are a church that serves. And, and I think that that's one of the reasons people come here and stay here. It's because there's something to do here. And, and most people, unless, unless you're lazy, some people are lazy, but most people want to do something. We all want something to do. Why? Because we tie our purpose a lot of times to what we do. You hear that? We tie our, like if, if you don't work, you kind of feel like you have no purpose. Like if, if you don't, and I'm not saying like if you have a job, I'm saying if you don't have something to do, you feel like you don't have a purpose. Everybody wants something to do. Everybody has a job of some sort that they want to do. 
I don't, I don't know about you, but for me, I, I don't like to be doing nothing. I don't like to be at home and do nothing. Like I'll feel unproductive. There is, there is something in us that connects what we do to our purpose, right? And when, when God created Abraham, I'm sorry, Adam, he also created Abraham. But when he created Adam, he created him to what? Work. The Bible says that when God had finished his creation of the world, he saw that there was no one to work the ground. And so he created man and he gave man a job in the garden. He said, I want to I give you dominion and, and you're free to name all the animals. And, and I want you to culti- cultivate the ground. And then when he said when he saw that man couldn't do all the work alone, he said, I'm going to make for you a suitable helper. And she will do all the work that you can't do. And you will do all the work that she can't do. And together, the man and the woman worked to serve the Lord. To work is in our DNA, but so is rest. What did God do after six days of work? He rested. He created Sabbath. I preached a message uh, a little over a year ago called Sabbath. And um, when I was writing this message, I looked it up. I looked at some of the notes that I had made for that message. It was, I preached it back in July of last year. And I realized, like the Holy Spirit was convicting me, I still haven't gotten it. I preached it, but I I haven't completely lived it. And so maybe this sermon is only for me. I don't know if I'm talking to anybody else. But God wants us to learn how to rest. Rest. I said something earlier this week. I shared something on, on social media, which is my constant reminder. Doing for God is not the same as being with God. There's this, there's this book that I read a few years ago called The Emotionally Healthy Leader. And that was his biggest thing. Like doing for God is not the same thing as being with God. And we have become so cultured by our way of doing church that we often become the way Martha was towards Mary. Judgy. Mary, uh, Martha, I'm sorry, was probably the, the head of Household, she was the oldest of two sisters, and you know how the older siblings are. The oldest child just has it all together, right? Get that right, Alexa. We're, we're more responsible. We're the most organized. We're always, we're the favorite, 100%. We're the favorite, we're always, speak, I am. We're always on to the younger siblings. Because the younger siblings just can't do it like we do it, Right? Now, I will say this about the oldest sibling. We're, we're also the most judgmental. The oldest siblings have this like parent-like complex that, that when, it, when it comes to their younger siblings, like we think that we know how to do it right. Martha was trying to make Mary feel bad for not helping. She was probably thinking, typical Mary, just come in. She freeloads. She doesn't want to help. She doesn't want to cook. She doesn't want to clean. She doesn't want to serve. And we have a guest. And so I'm doing everything by myself. That's not how my mama raised me. But, but then the way that Jesus responds to this tells us that Mary, not Martha, had it right. Jesus says Mary chose the good portion. Because even though she's not doing anything, she's spending time with me. And I realized, church, that so much of my life is just doing for God. 
I just want to do for God. Like I, I want to preach the word of God for the people of God. I want to pastor this church for the God who called me to it. I want to, I want to do so much for our community and for our members. I want to disciple the people and see them grow. I want to take your phone calls and offer words of wisdom and counsel. I want to plan the events and lead the ministry all for the honor and the glory of God. But when all we do is do for God, when do we find time to be with him? Where, where is the silence and the stillness? Where is the communing with God? Church, God is not our business partner. And what, what do our prayers mostly consist of? God, give me direction for what you want me to do next. But there are times where just singing songs of praise and just bowing down at the feet of Jesus and just offering God thanksgiving for more than a minute is more important than the work that we're trying to do. Yesterday, I was cleaning the back of my truck to go pick up uh, a dresser that we bought from someone in the neighborhood. And I remember, because I was, I was trying to get my sermon done, I remember feeling so rushed. My wife was like, hey, we got we to gotta go do that. I was like, oh, okay. So I go, and, I'm, and I feel so rushed. Like my, whole, my whole week felt rushed. Like I feel like if I was doing one thing, I'd be just thinking about the next thing that I have to do. And then I remember, I remember this passage Specifically, Martha. I relate to Martha. Martha was so busy serving that she missed the opportunity to commune with Jesus. I won't, I won't ask for a show of hands, but how many of us can relate to Martha? There's somehow the source from which you serve others is bigger than your own cup. Like you pour into your kids more than you pour into yourself. You pour into your marriage more than you pour into yourself. You pour into your ministry more than you get poured into. And the question eventually becomes, what are you even pouring into when you have nothing from which to pour? What is it that you're giving other people when you haven't been poured into? And sometimes I, I think that Sometimes I think when I have nothing to say, when there's no revelation, I'm like, God, give me something. It's because I haven't spent time with him. So I'm, I'm trying to do it by my strength. I'm trying to give people my strength, but I have no strength to give. I got nothing to share with you that is profound. Like everything that I have has to be from the Lord. And, and, and God showed me, he said, he said, so many of us, we have this giant picture to serve others from, but our cup is tiny. So when we go to God to be filled, we have nothing to pour into that pitcher. So we have to get it from a different source. And from that different source, we take and, and we serve other people because we have not spent time with God. And one of the lies of the enemy church is that the more that we do for God, the closer we're going to be to God. That's a lie. That's a lie. Ministry and God are not the same thing. Church and God are not the same thing. I think hell is going to be filled with people who read the Bible. I think hell is going to be filled with people who sang on the worship team. Hell's going to be filled with preachers. Hell's going to be filled with pastors who created all of these jobs thinking that they were Spending time with God, but they were just doing. 
Doing something in the name of Jesus is not the same thing as being with Jesus. And that is one of the lies of the enemy, that the more we do for God, the closer we will be to God. The devil, he, he has to change his tactics when it comes to Christians, right? And, and he's got many. And he'll, he'll try to bring pride. He'll try to bring division, comparison, jealousy, all these things, right? And if none of that really works, he's going to bring distraction. And you won't know it because it'll look holy. Diakonia, that's the word that we get our, our word deacon from. Diakonia means service. There are preachings centered around the word service meant to bring your service, right? Brother Larry just asked if you want to serve in the ministry, come to this meeting. We're always, we're always needing help. We're always needing people to work. The Apostle Paul talks about service. He talks about the gifts of the Spirit that are used to edify, to serve the body of Christ. To serve is a good thing. God is our master. We are his servants. We want to be used by God. We want to serve the church. We want to serve our fellow man. But too much of it can be a distraction. Look at verse 40 again. It says, but Martha was distracted with much serving. Diakonia. The NLT says she was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. The NLT translates diakonia to preparing. What does that mean? It means that we often become distracted in our serving. We often become distracted in our preparing and our planning and our doing that we miss the bigger picture. This ain't a feel-good message, huh? Church, you were created to work. But you, you, you were created to, to serve, right? But, but, but not all service requires doing. Sometimes serving requires just being. You don't, you don't just worship God with what you do. You worship God with who you are. We are a nation of workaholics. We are a nation of ministry-holics. We're always on the go. We're always in a rush. We're always speeding on the freeway because we're trying to be somewhere on time. We overcommit to things. We think that saying no means th- uh, I don't care about you and I don't want to help you. And God is saying slow down. Slow down because if you want to give God your best, you can't give him your best when you're always tired. You can't give him your best when you're always sleepy. You can't give him your best when you're always stressed and frustrated. You can't give God your best when you're always rushing the task that he gave you. You've become distracted. We have become distracted and God just wants us to rest in him. I often, you know, I've often told people that Working is an act of worship because it is. Your, your, your worship to God is, 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 or your work to God is an act of worship. But I think that we have taken that to such an extreme that we think, man, if I'm not working, I'm not worshiping. If I'm not working, I'm not worshiping. There's been times, I think I've shared this before, there's been times where I go on vacation and I'll be out for a week Sometimes I'll be out for two weeks. I remember one time I took a two-week vacation. I really needed it. I was out two Sundays. It was beautiful. But you know what? I remember coming back missing God. How many of you know that you should never miss God? Because missing God implies that he's been absent from your life. I miss my wife when I don't see her. I miss this church when I'm not here. But God is everywhere. He's omniscient. He's omnipresent. I should not miss God. And I remember coming back from this two-week vacation, 
missing God. Like I, I was I was genuinely disconnected from God during that time I was on vacation and I, I was relaxed and I was enjoying myself and I was spending time with my family, but I was disconnected from God. And I realized I had to analyze that situation. Like, why is that? I realized that I was only connecting my worship with my work. Like if I wasn't doing something for God, I wasn't spending any time with him. I don't want to be the preacher who only reads the word when he's preparing for a message. I don't want to be that guy. Don't be the teacher who only opens up the Bible when you have a message to teach on a Wednesday night. Don't be the the, the worship leader who only puts on worship music when you have to learn the song. That's not being with God. That's doing. I remember rebuking that lying spirit from my life. That lying spirit that was convincing me that worship only meant work. I want to tell you today that it That work is a form of worship, but so is rest. So is quietness. So is stillness. So is doing nothing just in the presence of God. You're spending time with God. Now I I take my Bible with me on vacation, man, because I'm not going to miss an opportunity to just spend time with the Lord. That's what God wants from his people. He wants a church that knows how to worship in spirit and in truth. God showed me this picture, man. He showed me this quick picture of what heaven could look like one day if we don't know how to just be with him. Earlier, I said that we connect our purpose with the work that we do. We always want to be doing something. What's going to happen in heaven when the work that we were doing here is no longer needed up there? I'm going to say that again. I don't know. Maybe I'm just talking to. to, I don't know who I'm talking to. What's going to what's going to happen when when the work that you were doing here is no longer needed up there. And now you got nothing to do. What's going to happen when there's no more conferences to plan? What's going to happen when, when the angels are hogging up the worship team schedule and they're not giving you time to play an instrument or, or giving you the mic to lead worship? What's going to happen when it's not about you on the stage? What's going to happen when there's no one running to you as the leader because you got the answers and you can help solve their issues? What's going to happen when your teachings and your preachings are no longer needed because you got Jesus up there? What's going to happen when all you have left to do is just worship the king of kings? Will you even know how to worship? Will you even know how to worship? I've got nothing in my hands. I've got nothing to do. I don't know what to do. It's because you never learned how to worship. You never learned how to just to be still in the presence of God. You never learned how to just to shut up and be on your knees and close your eyes and say, God, I don't need to say anything eloquent right now. I just need to hear from you and spend time with you. God is looking for a church that knows how to worship, not just that knows how to work. I know you know how to work. I know your daddy taught you how to work. I know your mama worked hard. But do you know how just to be still in the presence of God? That's what God wants. God, we want your presence. God wants your presence. God wants your presence. I just want to spend some time with you. We, the working husband was always working. Maybe you're always out 
You never see your family. What do you tell yourself? I'm doing this for you. I'm doing this for my family. I'm doing this so that you have food on the table. I'm, so, I'm doing this so that we can pay the bills. But all the while, your family needs your presence. I just need you here. I just need you here. I'm not going to remember a dad who always paid the bills, but I will remember a dad who was always present. God wants you to work. He just wants to be with you. I think a common reason people leave their church and they go to another church is because their former church didn't have anywhere for them to work. I'm a pastor, I know this. I always get people coming in to the church and they're ready to work. They're ready to serve. Pastor, I get this a lot. Pastor, I don't believe in just sitting in the benches. I want to work. And I love that. I love to hear that. But your work for God doesn't come before your relationship with God. And so some people get mad when when, when we say, well, you got to attend this church at least for a few months before you start serving the ministry. Some people are like, nah, I'll just go somewhere else. You know what that tells me? It tells me that you value what you do for God more than you value just sitting in the presence of God and being fed by the word and getting poured into you. That's what that tells me. It tells me that you're not ready to serve. If you can't give your church six months before doing anything, you're not ready to teach. You're not ready to preach. You're not ready to lead. You're not ready to work because you haven't learned how just to be with church doesn't need empty preachers. We don't need people who sound good but have nothing in here. We need people who are filled from here so that they can be led by the Spirit when, when they have nothing else left to say. In America, we have become a church of Martha's. And I love Martha. I, I'm going to get up to heaven. She's going to have beef with me. <laughs> Like, Martha was a good person. She was righteous. She was a woman full of faith. She had zeal. Like I said last week, I think she was the only other person in the New Testament who, who said and pro, uh, professed that Jesus was the son of God. Like Martha, we, we got to give her some credit. Without Martha's, nothing would ever get done. Martha's are organized. We need Martha's. Everything would just be out of order and nothing would go well. We, don't need, we, 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 we need Martha's, but we also need Mary's. We need Mary's as well. That underrated sister, the one who is so innocent, the one who didn't really contribute anything, but she was being filled by the words of Jesus. She was just sitting in his presence. I'm going to ask the worship team to come up. The Mary's, Know that the agenda is important, but it's not the most important. The Marys would rather sit and learn than stand on the platform and teach just to have something to say. The Marys value the presence more than the work. We need to learn how just to sit in the presence of God, church, and be in awe with who he is. Jesus tells Martha, this is the NLT, he says, my dear Martha, you are worried and upset over all these details. Can I tell you how many times I get upset over the details? 
If you ever see me with my phone up here during worship, it's probably because I'm getting on to somebody. Or I'm like, hey, Lewis, can you turn up this instrument? Lewis, can you turn down this instrument? Lewis, can you turn down this sister? She's kind of pitchy. I don't say that. I don't say the pitchy part. (laughs) But like, you're upset over all these details. He says, there's only one thing to be concerned about, and Mary has discovered it, and it will not be taken away from her. What was it that Mary discovered that Martha was too distracted to see? It was the guest. Jesus was in the room. Jesus, with all his splendor, all his wisdom, Mary, Mary saw herself. Listen, I want you to get this. Mary saw herself in that moment as empty. And so she went to the one who could fill her spirit while Martha was still thinking that she had something more valuable to give. I remember, y'all might remember if you were here, it was one, it, it, was, it was a Christmas service that we had. We, we came in and all of our stuff was stolen. Someone came in the night before our Christmas service. I think it was, I think it was Christmas Day that was, was our service. Someone came Christmas Eve. They had nothing better to do on Christmas Eve than come into a church and they stole our soundboard. They stole my keyboard. They stole a bass. So all these things. And I remember, man, I was, I was PO'd. I was upset. I was getting frustrated. And we were trying to make it work. I, we brought some instruments from, from upstairs down here. We were trying to make like this acoustic set. And, and I remember we weren't, we weren't getting it to work. And I was so, man, I was flustered. I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm very patient. Y'all know, if you know me, I'm a very patient person. And I don't, when I get angry, I don't like get, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't take it out on people, but I get very, very frustrated. And you can tell that I'm frustrated. I was frustrated. I was frustrated. And I remember going to the back. I was like, fine, we're just going to play music. I remember saying it like that. We're just going to play music. Put on some music. I'm getting PO'd again. And I remember being up here and the presence of God fell beautifully in a way that it hadn't in a long time. And it was like, it was like Jesus was getting my attention. It was like I was Martha in that moment. He was saying, Ryan, you are concerned with the wrong thing. And he said, look around you. Look at the Marys. Look at the ones who don't care about the sound system, who don't care about what song is being played. Look at the ones who are just with me in this moment. God convicted me so hard that day. And I just broke in his presence. God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for making it about the stuff. I'm sorry about making it about the extras. I'm sorry, my God, that I've I've become so distracted with the work that I have lost. I have lost the essence of who I'm doing the work for. Let me tell you something, church. If, If the presence of God is moving, 
And if the presence of God is so thick, like he's clearly moving, we don't need to add sauce to the presence. You don't need more pads on the keyboard. You don't need to dim the lights. You don't need more words to fill the time. All you need is what's in front of you, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. And that same Jesus that was in the room with Mary and Martha, he's, he's here in the church today. Let us always remember that before we start the day, God, you are with me. God, let me rejoice in your presence. Before before you tend to all that you have to do, just sit and be still in the presence of God. This morning, I remember, this rem- I wasn't done with my sermon as of this morning. I had to wake up at 5 a.m., and I, and, I, and I got upstairs to my office and I just took a breath. And before I opened up my, my, my computer, I said, God, I just, I, just, I just need your presence. I just need your presence. I don't want to be so hasty. I don't want to be rushing all the time to do the work. I just want you, my God. And God is saying that this morning. For so many of you, you have not rested in the Lord. You've done for the Lord, but you've not rested. You work, but you have not rested. And God wants to give you rest this morning. I'm going to ask us to do one thing. I'm going to ask us to stand. And then I want us to have a moment in the presence of God. What I would like to do, what I would like to do, is I would like every single one of us, leaders, prayer team, I want us just to have our own moment with God in his presence. Because even at church, man, even at church, we're always always looking for the person that I can pray for. And that's that's good and that's beautiful and that we need that. But sometimes we, we need to have a moment with God. I love coming to Spanish service in the morning because I don't, I have to do much in Spanish service. And there's so many times where I have the urge of, of praying for somebody, but then I'm like, let me just have, let me have a moment in the presence of God. Amen. Is that okay? Is that okay to be a leader, or to be a pastor? Is that okay to be somebody who works and, and take a break in the presence of God? And that's what I want us to do this morning. I want us to have our own moment in the presence of God. I, 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 I would never want a leader or a pastor or, or a prayer warrior who prays for someone else all the time not to, not to know how to pray for themselves because they never do it. God wants to give you rest in his presence this morning. I'm going to ask that you come forward this morning and just take a moment in the presence of God, if you need to find a spot, if you need to kneel at the altar, if you need to sit on one of the steps, I mean, just just have a moment. Let's just have a moment in the presence of God, not worried about anything else, not worried about an agenda. God, your sweet spirit is in this place, Lord. Have a moment, just have a moment, just have a moment. Holy Spirit, you take over, my God. You take over, you take over, you do, Father. 
for listening. If you'd like some more information on Numa Church, visit us on our website at mynumachurch.org. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe or share it with your friends on social media and tag us at mynumachurch. Thanks again and God bless.